Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Valor Outdoor Sportsman's Podcast brought to you by Valor Game Calls, G93 Outdoors, and Capturing the Hunt. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for checking it out. Again, uh, we're getting some awesome feedback from some guys listening to it, enjoying the content so far. So thank y'all so much for supporting it. And again, uh, if you can uh, give us a review on the podcast, that helps us out a ton. And then follow all of our socials, uh, like and share our posts and and the podcast posts and stuff. That helps a ton as well. So today, uh, I got a couple of buddies with me. I got uh, Mr. Colt Outdoor again. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How's it going? Good. Awesome. And then Colt's brother, Zeke Door. Older and better looking. Older and better looking. Yes. There you go. Uh, my kids don't call you Zeke Outdoor. That's because I'm not as outdoorsy. Not as outdoorsy as Nor Colt. Is good, as Nor is good looking. Nor is good looking. Yeah. That's true. They call me Zeke Good Looking Door. <laughs> That's your middle our name. Prayer, kids. Our prayer before this said to be honest. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can tell, this is going to be an awesome podcast. Yeah. It's already starting great. I uh, wanted to start off with the sponsors of the show. Uh, first, we got Valor Game Calls. Uh, that's my company. We do uh, custom handmade duck calls, goose calls, varmint calls, any color, any style. Um, we're doing a lot of image calls now. We're, we're putting crazy stuff in there, Trump 2020. Um, we got some Whataburger calls coming out here pretty soon. That's which so is sick. Next right. level. So anything you want, uh, we can make in a duck call, goose call. And we custom hand tune them, hand cut them, and hand turn them. So uh, it's fun. I, I enjoy doing that, and uh, it's cool to be out in the field with the guys who are using them. And so if y'all need anything, uh, want any calls, check out Valor on our socials. We'd love to get a call in your hand. Next is G93 Outdoors. That's Mr. Colt Door. And then uh, Rusty. What's Rusty's last name? Rumbo. I see it all the time on my text, but I don't know how to say it. Rumbo. It's not spelled that way, but that's how he pronounces it. That's so. how he says it. Yeah. So that's it. So G93 Outdoors, uh, we do a lot of uh, whitetail hunts, exotic hunts, a bunch of waterfowl hunts. The ranch up in PK, that's new this year, and I've been seeing just gnarly pictures you're posting yeah. of deer out there. Like, what is the, I mean, what'd you tell me today? average deer that y'all are shooting right now yeah so uh yesterday evening we shot it was 179 and six eighths and uh that's about middle class deer i mean that's a very respectable deer obviously but yeah yeah we've got a couple reaching over uh the 220 230 mark out there you know it's mondo's it's been good lots of black buck lots of axes yeah it's gnarly. So if you're not following G93 on socials, go check it out because he's posting pictures all the time, and they're awesome. And then on the waterfowl side of things, we, uh, we've got a couple of places up around Mineral Wells, and then also we got a new ranch in Glenrose that we're going to talk about a lot here in a bit on this podcast, but it's, it's stacking up to be really great this season. I'm excited about the water system out there, and uh, just all the reports we hear from last year is that it's just stacked with ducks during the season. So that gets me excited. It's almost time. It's almost time. It's, it's almost close. here, boys. We're like yeah. less than a month. Less than a month. Dang, I'm so pumped. About 27 days. I don't know who's counting. But. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's counting. Uh-huh. Uh, next is Capturing the Hunt. Uh, that's our, our buddy, Lathe Taylor. He's actually taking pictures right now. Huh? What's up, dude? He's not just taking pictures. He's making coffee. He's making coffee, too. He brought some awesome coffee. It's French pressing over there on the side. It's 
It's gonna be good. Oh yes, it is. It's brewing right now. I don't. I, it looks like some kind of torture contraption. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. we'll see how the coffee tastes. Yeah. Good luck know. with that. It may be a torture. I'm excited about no, it. It'll be good. Yeah. But anyway, Lath does uh, hunting photography. He goes with us a lot out in the field, capturing all of our hunts, and uh, it's really cool when we get guys out with their kids or first-time hunters or. Uh, it's, it's just uh, guys out in the field making memories. We know we're all, mm-hmm. when we go hunting, we love making those memories. And it's even better when we get to have them on, uh, have photographs of those hunts. So that's what he specializes in. So again, check him out. He'd love to go on a hunt with you. He, he was just telling me a minute ago he wants to get on some, some whitetail hunts and elk hunts, whatever he can, exotic hunts. So he'd love to get on that. Next, A-Bear's custom decoy rigs. We talk about this guy. This was our first podcast. We talked about him and I said, uh, I love those rigs, and I can't tangle them. And you said, and I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> old, old Damien Hebert. Hebert. Hebert calls him decoy rig. He is right. He's I right. love talking to that guy. But I saw a post. He's Cajun? He's Cajun, man. Very, he's from Louisiana. very, very Cajun. Boy, it's that's so what good. I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> it's, it's authentic. Uh, so I saw a post today, and a guy said, uh, wanting some, some tangle-free rigs that will last a long time. And there was 65 comments on the post, and... 55 of them were A-Bear's custom That's decoy right. rigs because they're just awesome. They don't tangle up, and you can get any color you want. We we kind of run different colors, so we know which decoys are ours and, and don't get our decoys mixed up at the end of the hunt. So uh, check him out if you need decoy rigs. They're super cheap, cheap as big box stores, and way better. So he's uh, he's got a patent on his design that no one else can, can use. That's cool. So... Um, next, we have Green Fox Marketing, our good buddy Eric Wilkins. Um, he's a buddy of ours, and he owns a marketing company here in Granbury. And uh, they do a lot of uh, social media marketing, website marketing. Uh, they do rebranding of companies. They do logo design, all kinds of stuff. I'm wearing a hat right now that they redesigned our Valor stuff. That logo is sick. You like that? I mean, it is hot. I like it's It's different, and at first I was like... I, I think I like this, and as I look at it more, I'm like, "This is this is it." I mean, it's 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 classy yet modern yet just let's go get clean them. and it's clean and there. subtle. I like it a lot. You like that? Yeah. So uh, they do all that kind of stuff. If you need any marketing, uh, go check them out, and they'd love to love to take care of you in that. Um, second to last one, Rattay Fowl Lanyards, new lanyard that I started using this year. Uh, he's out of Burleson, Texas. He makes some really cool lanyards. Uh, got a lot of, he can do any colors you want, anything that you can think of in a waterfowl lanyard. He also does game totes, gun slings, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he makes great quality stuff. Um, the lanyard he got me has, you know, duck bands in it and a clip for your e collar remote and all that kind of stuff. And I really, really enjoy it. So check him out as well to get you a new lanyard for the season. And then also this episode. Is sponsored by Zeke Door at Magnolia Realty. Did I say that right? You did. You nailed it. I nailed it. Yeah. I've been working on that because I had to really. Yeah. It's. Uh, I heard I you whispering it down the hall earlier while we were walking, yeah. making sure. That <laughs> I kept you saying it. Oh, Zeke Door. Pacing back Zeke and forth. Door. Zeke Door Magnolia. <laughs> <laughs> so Zeke, uh, Zeke's an awesome guy. We've known each other for a while, and uh, he's on the episode today. I've been wanting to get him on an episode anyway, and then. Uh, he called me the other day and said, hey, I got an idea for a giveaway. He wanted to sponsor a giveaway, uh, and he wanted to, to do it through the podcast and through uh, G93 and Valor and Capturing the Hunt. So he's on a day to talk about the, the giveaway, which we'll talk about later a lot in detail, but it's going to be a free duck hunt at uh, Tierra Sagrada, our new ranch in Glenrose. 
and it's like a $750 value. It's good for one one night and a morning duck hunt, all your meals and everything and lodging paid for there. So, uh, man, I'm excited about that, and that's a huge giveaway. We'll talk all kinds of details at the end of the podcast, so be sure you stick on the podcast for the rest of the time here so that you can hear about it at the end, okay? So, hey, like glad to have y'all here, dude. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Anytime we can get the door boys together... <laughs> It's a party. We uh, we've spent a lot of time together today with Micah. Yeah, uh, these couple door boys. There's a third door boy as well. The youngest brother. His name's Luke, and he'd probably be the most entertaining one to have on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, most, most definitely. Yeah, uh, but Colt and I will do uh, for today. It's gonna be so, great. Yeah. So we actually played golf this morning, uh-huh. and uh, we got out there, and I didn't know y'all boys were y'all boys are salty at golf, man. We well we had. Mm. Colt played well for about seven holes, and uh, I was consistently mediocre today. <laughs> <laughs> you, so. you killed the front nine. What did you shoot on the front? Like 37? No, I shot a 41. On the front? Yeah. You shot, you a, 39. shot a 39. I thought you beat me on the front. No, I just didn't tell you my score so you could think that for a couple of hours. Oh, <laughs> oh the yeah. mental game, yeah. man. The yeah. mental game. Yeah, I like so, that. Yeah. Did you beat us both on the front? You beat us uh, both no, the whole no. time. You won the front. Zeke won the over. Dude, I thought yeah. I lost the front. I well, honestly, that's you not shot one of those. thirty-nine. Okay, I, Colt and I shot forty-one. Okay. Anyway, and then not, you came let's back. Let's not and beat talk us. about the back nine. Yeah, the back nine was yeah. uh, that was rough. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so today we're just uh, kind of hanging out. We wanted to talk about y'all together as a family, growing up, hunting, hanging out. Your funniest memories from I have funny memories that I'm excited about talking about, but <laughs> I know that y'all y'all have a lot as well. Uh-huh. So uh, man. Um, we've had Colt on the show before and he talked a lot about growing up, but give sure. us your side of things. Uh, you're the oldest brother of the three. Oldest brother of the three. Yeah. yeah. It was a party growing up at our house because we were all boy. I mean, the, the way we acted, we were goofballs. I like to tell the story. I'm going to try to tell it the, the best way possible. Uh, <laughs> I hope this is a story. Uh, I hope you're going to tell. This isn't a hunting story. Uh, is this a cologne story? This is a cologne yes. story. Oh no. Everybody's got to hear this <laughs> oh, story. No. It's so good. Yeah, so this is great. Uh, No joke. So every year we would get a a cologne package. I think we got it from our aunt and uncle in San Angelo, but we opened it. We lived in Mineral Wells. And uh, anyways, we were walking around. We had opened our cologne package. We're young little guys. And uh, anyways, my youngest brother and I are like, smell our cologne. You know, we're spraying cologne. We're proud of it. No joke. I remember where I was standing when this happened, uh, because you know when you're 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 scared uh, or something traumatic happens. Yeah, you, you always, always remember <laughs> exactly where you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, long story short, I'm in the hallway at the house, and Colt's like, "Boys, smell my cologne, smell my cologne." And of course, Luke and I had been smelling, you know, stiffened cologne. So he puts his hand right up to my nose, and I give it a good old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> And my my jaw dropped. I started gagging. I was like, oh, my goodness, what on earth did you do? <laughs> that dude had taken his hand up his rear end <laughs> and made me sniff it with all I had. Just full on crack. Yeah. Anyhow, that's how uh, that's how the swine flu started. <laughs> Yes. That's about <laughs> so good. Started with us at the door house uh, because of that situation. So, yeah. uh, anyways, yeah, growing up the oldest, I think Colt and I, we, we duked it out quite a bit. Uh, well, I don't know about duked it out. 
Colt could have taken me. He was he was small, but he was mighty. And I yeah. don't know what happened. He's not small anymore. But uh, long story short, he's always been uh, loved to go outside, loved to play. He reminds me a lot of my youngest son, Nicholas, uh, who's super active, climbing trees all the time, kind of going nuts. And uh, anyways, we grew up hunting, um, you know, and just loving it. I remember in the backyard a lot of times we'd be running between the pine trees and my dad would have a paintball gun and we'd be run back and forth and uh he'd go all right y'all go ahead so we'd go we'd run for a little bit and dad i guess he was practicing he's always eager to hunt something so we'd be running <laughs> and uh he'd pop us with a paintball gun while we were running between that's uh, great the pine trees i need so, to implement that dude. yeah that sounds fun yeah it was a good time so uh long story short hunted uh, growing up and uh, have fallen in love with it more and more the older I've gotten and uh, you know what it has meant for our family and the closeness that it brings our family is unbelievably close mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to do with our love for the outdoors and Colt does a good job in including or all of us uh, to get to be a part of what he's got going on as far as hunts and stuff are concerned so um, yeah it's kind of what it was like growing up I guess a little bit. A little bit. That's yeah. awesome. Man. We've got a ton of stories. Our granddad, I think I remember early on is when, um, you know, he'd take us out to shoot a BB gun or something, and then we'd go out and shoot. And then we've got stories of shooting with Mr. Raspberry, shooting yep. deer. And Mr. So, uh, Raspberry. Mr. Raspberry. Dad called him legs. Yep. <laughs> remember that? Yep. So, uh, anyways, lots of good stories. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to get into uh, a bunch of good hunting stories. We're going to kind of focus on some uh, most memorable hunts and funny hunts. Uh, and then we're going to get into... <laughs> we're already laughing. This is great. <laughs> then we're going to get into... Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of first time getting into... We're going to talk... Since we're talking about uh, growing up hunting, we want to do a, a podcast about... Uh, first-time waterfowlers, like when you're wanting to get into duck hunting, yeah. what are some things you need to think about as a first-time waterfowler? There's so much that goes into it. It can be super expensive, so we'll talk about that here in a minute. But there's a part of the show that I forgot, and uh, I'm going to go to it right now because this is a great segue. Okay. Um, I've been doing a, a section called Honorable Mention Sponsors. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> I uh, we've done this, and it's just kind of a funny deal where uh, we, we talk about uh, a product or something that uh, we like to use, but they don't really sponsor the show. They don't know who we are, but we like to call them honorable mention sponsors. I think I'm believing for one day one of these honorable mention sponsors is going to hop on. And they say, got to. We'll sponsor this one. Yeah, and it's yeah. probably going to be the craziest one that probably. will be sponsored by, yeah. you know, Campo Fanique. What you said? I don't know what I said. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my honorable mention sponsor today I think is going to be Crocs. Okay. You know? Mine's a piece of clothing. Gosh, Gosh really? dang it. See? Was that yours? Oh, we should have communicated we before communicated. this. You told me I couldn't tell you, and you just, I got I to I get to the up. internet. Hold on. We really picked the same one? We did. Dang it. Okay, so mine's going to be Crocs. Here's the deal. This is why. When I go duck hunting, I usually like to wear shorts under my waders, and I like to wear tall socks so my boots don't rub my calves and then i gotta have a pair of crocs it's the easiest thing to take on and off when you're in the field and you're gonna put your waders on um i actually wore a hole through the bottom of my other set of crocs and uh -huh. i didn't have a set of crocs for like three weeks about a month ago oh no and it was rough it was rough <laughs> so i finally rough. they seem like they're going up in price and i don't like that they are crocs <laughs> are life though i mean there's <laughs> there's no if ands or buts i have ro i have roped in crocs i have hunted I'm, more times more often than any other footwear, I hunt in Crocs. Yeah. 
Uh, I've had many a cactus run up through the bottom of Today my Today was my first time, and I don't know how long, to see you golf in something other than Crocs. I took the Crocs off to put on golf shoes because I was excited that I got new golf shoes. Well, there you go. So I broke them in, and they'll stay in the closet for the next four years. There we go. That's I literally I wore my Crocs to the thing. I had to get a different – I was rocking the Max 5 Crocs, and I had to get a different camo. Cause There's different versions. Sc- There's different versions, and they have different – this camo, I don't know what it is, but – Anyway, diversify yourself. That's right. So, uh, that's mine, dude. I can't believe I took yours. That's a. That's a I got another months. one. Okay. I, I hope, like. I hope it's not mine. Uh, it probably is, but you go first. That'd be awesome. All right. So Zeke Dor, what is your honorable mention sponsor for today? My, mine's Game Guard Southwestern Camo. I'll give you that. That wasn't mine, but that's a good one. Yeah, that's a great one. It's just, I mean, uh, I love their. In fact, three of us right now, Lath uh, from Capturing the Hunt, he's got his on right now. Uh, but I missed the memo. They're the, yeah, you missed the memo. Yeah. Do you own one of these shirts? I do. Okay. Well, yep. the the I have two different sizes because my weight flux, fluctuates like Oprah, and so <laughs> I happen to be in the extra large today. Yeah. But I've got I don't a large. Think Oprah's going to sponsor the show now. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I love this shirt. I wear it anytime I can, yeah. and it's good for layering too. Depending on if it's cold in the morning, you can have it on. If you're going to be out hunting later and it starts warming up, so uh, I've got one more. If you don't have, you got your other you one. Go ahead. This is a great camo. I mean, it's like it's got the cactus in it. It's a, uh-huh. a lot of guys use it dove hunting a lot, yeah. and it's a. Gr- I mean, around here, what, people love game. If you guard. do pick them up as a sponsor, try to get like a thirty to fifty percent uh, <laughs> off of it. Okay, yeah. it is it is pricey. They it is that. pricey. I love these though. What's yours? Your your um, uh, mine, mine is dude wipes. Okay. <laughs> So, yes. not only... Sounds are, about right after the cologne story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> That's how they came up with the idea. Yeah. That's right. Uh, well, when you're duck hunting, you you put face paint on, uh-huh. right? Well, after that, by the time you're done, you usually go home or you go out and eat or do something with your buddies and you don't want to walk in there looking like you're going to rob the place. Yeah. You know, so you can do, you can clean yourself that way for one. You can wash all the blood, wipe all the blood off your hands mm-hmm. when you're done. But most of all, I don't know one person in the world that has gone number two in the woods more than I have outside of soldiers, probably. Yeah. Uh, and they are always in my bag. There so you go. They work real well for me. It, they're nice. They are nice. In many ways. That's right. My other one was going to be uh, Chippewa snake boots. Dude, I almost said that, too. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. you. I mean, I feel like you can't walk outside. If I'm showing property and it's farm and ranch, or obviously hunting, or uh, just out goofing around. I've got those snake boots on because I've been there's been too many close calls. Yes, and uh, there has and, I, and and with all of us here, the majority of your time spent during the day is usually outside and outdoors somewhere. Yep. Especially yep. you know, especially for for me, I'm I'm always tramping through the woods and uh his his gets so worn out it's crazy mm-hmm. you need a new pair i've got i do i need a new pair yeah. that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from crocs <laughs> but <laughs> it is. True. i uh when we were out to air sagrada kind of looking at it the first time i had crocs on mm-hmm. and i was walking through going i need my i need my boots man, mm-hmm. because i didn't have them but when i do have them on it's like I don't care where I'm. I don't even have to look where I'm stepping hardly. Bring it on, world. Yeah. You know, I've, got, on, I've got people that will give me a hard time about wearing them in January, right? And you're like, well, snakes are hibernating. Well, they serve a great purpose for when you're tracking animals and you're pushing through brush country. And everything in Texas, even your plants are trying to survive. Yeah. You, you've got weasats. You've got mesquite. You've got cactus. You've got jumping cactus, barrel cactus. You know, so that, everything from your knee down is covered. I mean, you may yeah. you may go home and have... 
a thousand thorns inside of your inside of your boot, but at the same time, it's not getting to you. Yeah, and that's uh, what really made me like them is uh, we went out to Haskell, West Texas, on a hunt, uh, opening weekend of till season. We dove hunting, and then we we're going to till hunt. And we got out there, and uh, I get out of the truck, and the first thing Colt, he looks at me, he says, I'm more serious with you than I ever have been in my life. If you don't watch out, you will get you will get got by a rattlesnake because right. there's so many of them out there. We ended up killing one or two. But, uh, yeah, I had work boots on, and I was still worried the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then I got these boots, and, uh, man, they're game changers. They are handy. So, all yeah. right. Good honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Those were great ones, man. Yeah. I like that. So if any of you guys, uh, Game Guard, shout out. Game Guard, Chippewa, Justin. Chippewa, yeah, yeah, any of them. Mm -hmm. Those are great. All right, so let's jump into hunting stories, memories, funny stories. Uh, Can I – Lath just brought us some coffee. It's incredible. Is it incredible? I haven't tried it yet. Oh, my goodness. Is that the French twist or whatever? Is the – are the uh, beans – are they in a whiskey barrel or – Roasted in a whiskey barrel. Roasted in a whiskey barrel. Wow. What's it called? Whiskey. Whiskey morning coffee. Whoa. Huh. So Is that just, your new honorable mention? That could be the <laughs> new mean, one now. That, yeah, headliner. So they take the coffee and roast it in old whiskey barrels is what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dang. That's, that's awesome. That's the next level. Anyway, sorry. All right. No, you're good. So let's talk about, uh, let's start with some of y'all's hunting stories from growing up. Like tell me uh, most memorable or funny um, from y'all before. And then I've got some funny ones because I knew, I've only known y'all. You know, mm-hmm. not near as long as y'all have known each other. But mm-hmm. uh, give us some funny ones or some most memorable ones, starting with, you want to start, Colt? Yeah. Okay. I, I got one about my little brother. He's a... Uh, Pookie is oh, what they oh, call him. Oh, Pookie's not here. He is definitely not near as knowledgeable towards the outdoors as all of us here are. Uh, he likes it. He loves it. He just hadn't spent the time out there. So so we, uh, we're out dove hunting one day. <laughs> And he, uh, I love when we get tickled before the story. He, uh, <laughs> well, you know, in, in Texas, you have to have a plug in your gun. Yeah. Okay. You're allowed to hold three shells. Three, three shell max. And, uh, well, we're dove hunting, and Luke needed to borrow a shotgun from me, so I let him borrow an over and under shotgun. Yeah. And, uh, the game warden stops by, and he's checking everybody. And game warden's a good buddy of mine. And I said, hey, you see that hefty guy over there in the corner? <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah. I said, that's my brother. You need to mess with him. And he said, okay, I got him. And uh, anyway, he walked over there. He does his thing. He comes back. He's dying laughing. I said, what happened? He goes, I that was the easiest person in the world <laughs> to ever mess with. And I said, what happened? And he said, well, he's shooting over and under, so I asked him for his plug. <laughs> and he said, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. Yeah. He, uh, he said he handed me his gun. He said, yeah, yeah, it's got a plug, I think. You know, this is my, this is my, bo- this is my brother's gun. Uh, well, and the, you said growing up, this was like four years ago, so we're all adults. This is stuff you should know. Yeah. Anyway, I ended up feeling real bad for Luke, and I called him, and, and he, he found no humor in it whatsoever. Oh, so he, man. That's all right, though. He's good sport in other ways, but definitely not when it comes to game warden. That's you know. funny. Was it where was it at? Was it a game warden? Was it Clark? No, this is Matt Wagner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's gotcha. He's back in Pelican County now. Awesome. You're sick. You're sick. Like way sick. <laughs> All right. Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> so, what? I guess mine are kind of sweet memories too. You know, early on, like I said, I mentioned earlier, 
uh, our granddad passed when he was when I was ten. Um, he died of cancer. Uh, but I remember, I don't get to remember a lot of the details of the hunting, but looking back at pictures, it just makes me appreciate, you know, what that experience. In fact, uh, you know, that's part of what's so cool about what Lath offers is, um, you know, taking, taking your kiddos out, you know, you may not be able to have a photographer there often, but make it a point to, to take pictures with your kiddos or when, if you're getting to go with your granddad, yeah. you know, even if you don't do it for very long, um, Get some shots taken because I still like looking back on those and appreciating, um, you know, what we used to have. But we used to go on a hunt every year. Um, Dad had a work buddy. His name was Mr. Raspberry, and he's since passed. But um, <laughs> uh, Correction, he's not passed. Well, he is. Go get him, legs. <laughs> he is, he is still alive, uh, not in the greatest of shape. But the last I was told, which was a few months ago, he's still around. Well, moving on. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> I, love, uh, we, I love that guy. Mr. We'd Ray. hop in a Jeep. Uh, and uh, anyways, one funny story. It was cold, you know, just rough cold. And we're going to ride in the back of this Jeep. And I get like, I get super nervous tummy. Like, uh, like real nervous tummy. In fact, most of us do. Colt mentioned pottying in the woods. I mean, I do it as well and i got no problem with it dude wipes dude, dude wipes, wipes. Yeah. They come back so uh i think i don't remember what uh, kevin cobb calls them like bubble guts or bubble something guts like that. Yeah, yeah the bubble guts and so uh anyways i was real nervous real nervous and he said uh zeke you got is nature calling you got to go mr raspberry said this and i said mr raspberry <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> say my arse mr raspberry nature's squeaming <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this nature is when you calling, little? buddy. Yes, yeah, when I was little. Uh, nature squeaming. calling, buddy. Uh, Mr. Wasbelly, nature's squeaming. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great. Anyways, man. we get used to hunt. Uh, I killed my first buck out there with Mr. Raspberry and Dad and Colt, and uh, this little eight point. But I remember getting to go out there and. Just sweet, good times. Our dad is so funny, too. Yeah. I mean, he's just the biggest goofball. That's one thing I always notice about, like, opening weekend of dove season or whatever. Mm -hmm. Y'all always go on a family hunt, and y'all yeah. post pictures. And it's it's awesome to see, like, how you were saying y'all are super close, how awesome yeah. it is to see how close y'all are, and you get to go hunt with your dad and hang out and yeah. all that stuff y'all get to, to talk about and experience is really cool. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> dad has a little golf cart. That he drives around that my mom got him one year. The, it, the Mashmobile. Yeah, so he, he drives around the, the sunflower patch uh, with no roof on it, and he looks like uh, one of the boys from Mash driving around. Yes. If, if you watch that. The, the, sh the shocks are so rusted tight. I mean, it's it's a most uncomfortable. You hit a pebble, and you have to go to the chiropractor. <laughs> And my dad's trying to hold his coffee driving down the road at six o'clock. Or in the morning. a cold beer. Oh yeah. Or a cold beer. Yeah. <laughs> I said I said coffee. Yeah. Uh, he's hey boys. <laughs> Beer's pouring all over the place because he's shaking. <laughs> it's just this. Uh, oh. Anyways, it's a good time. And those, I mean, we do that every year. We dove we dove season real hard together. Um, yeah. Just because it's kind of easy and e you know yeah. easy for everybody to go. So. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some more stories from growing up. I think, well, a lot of them are going to revolve around pooping. Oh, right? yeah. Yes. I mean, there's a lot 100%. of those. Yeah. Uh, but you were going to tell a story about uh, when we hunted that one time. Did we tell it on the podcast before? I don't think we did. I don't know, but you we can, can it's, definitely. It's worthy to tell again. So so this is one of my favorites, and, I, and we may have, I don't know, but a good buddy of mine, I'm not going to say his name because they 
she still doesn't know what happened. Uh, his wife, they were on their honeymoon, and they got back a day early so they could come hunt with us. And uh, she's a real pretty girl, real sweet, kind of shy and timid. Well, uh, we had all got into something the night before that really upset all of our tummies. And uh, so I grabbed, I, I, I was in the blind, and I grabbed some toilet paper, a dude wipes, something. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I said, boys, I got to go. I got to go up the mountain here. And, I, so, and I'm in the blind then. I yeah, mean, we were and, you're, and you're, you're, yeah. you're with them guys. And uh, so when I left the blind, I took. <laughs> Is a spider over there? Barking spider? Bark, you're what? Right, you're right there, Zeke. Nature's screaming. Nature. <laughs> Squeaming. <laughs> Mr. Wazbelly. <laughs> Nature's squeaming. So, uh, so, if nobody caught that, Zeke has got some gas. But, uh, did so, you eat Taco Casa? He did have Taco Casa. Okay, Casa. here we go. So, right. so I, I took the path of least resistance. I had to go. I walked around and up the less steep side of the mountain, but I still ended up directly behind the blind about 100 yards up. Anyway, well, I guess. Oh, so, when I was in the blind, we're sitting there. You had gone up, and I'd seen you go, like straight up behind the blind. Yeah. So I, and we're sitting there, and she leans over to her husband, and she says, she says something, whispers, and then he looks at me, and he says, "Hey, she's really got to go to the bathroom." And mm-hmm. I said, "Oh," and he said, "Yeah, yeah, like she's got to go." And mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, well." <laughs> Nature screaming. Nature screaming. <laughs> so uh, he said, "Which way should she go?" And I said, "Well, Colt went up this way, so if you go that way right over there, <laughs> you, you should be good." Oh no. So <laughs> now, now you're into the story. So. I, do you know? Can you imagine how Sasquatch would walk if he was trying about to kill somebody? Just long strides, full arm movements. <laughs> on a mission. Know? On a mission. Well, I'm sitting there hunkered up on my rock where I always go, and uh, I hear these footsteps, and it's coming. And I was like, uh-oh. You start, so, like, hitting sticks together. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that big No, hey. I, I pinched it off and got real quiet. And you I just, just sat. I just, I, well, I kind of hunkered up in the tree, and I wanted, I was thinking about throwing some leaves on me, trying to, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> like, like Adam and Eve? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I just, uh, I was scared. I, was, I didn't know what it was. You know, of all my fears, I would have rather it had been Sasquatch than me in full squat and a pretty girl, my buddy's wife, on their honeymoon, walk right next to me, fourteen <laughs> inches away, and I sat there real quiet and closed my eyes. So, like, that's what kids do when they don't want to be found. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I imagine. Uh, you can't see me because my eyes are closed. I can you imagine can. him just sitting there and then just like eyes wide, well, just like, oh my goodness. So she she makes it about six or seven trees ahead of me, and she is. Getting ready to, and so I pull up I'm my so britches. I, I don't know the story. I pull up my britches, and I start, and I slowly start sneaking out of there. Right? And there's dead leaves everywhere. I mean, this is January. I don't remember. You know, cold, yeah. right? Anyway, I or no, it's till season. It was, it was. Still season, yeah. yeah, but it was cold anyway. So I'm sitting there and. I hiked back down the mountain, and, and I think I made it out free. She never caught me. Yeah. And had she had caught me, it would have been the worst experience in the world. Yeah. I and mean, that was embarrassing because she, she was as close as 12 to 15 feet from me when she <laughs> found a tree that she thought was comfortable. The Yeah. The worst part is she asked me, uh, 
where should I go so I won't get close to him? And I'm <laughs> fully confident. I'm like, oh, yeah, this way, no problem. Not knowing you had walked straight up and then over east. Uh-huh. And she was 12 feet away from you, never knew it. Yeah. Uh, so, naturally, I made it back down, told everybody in the bond about it, and we just kept a big secret. And it was so, funny, man. God, we were laughing. Oh, uh, so, I have a funny story. Um, the first time that we hunted, <laughs> the first hunt Lath was on. I think that was the very first one. It, it was. was it, was, it was Lath's first hunt. Lath's first hunt yeah. in Grayford. Uh, we met in the Walmart parking lot uh-huh. early, 3, 2.30, 3, 3.30, somewhere in there. Anyway, whatever time it was, and uh, I met Lath and Zeke in the parking lot. We were riding together. So we met, we all jumped in my truck, and we took off. About halfway to Grayford, Zeke says, boys, I didn't bring my gun. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty crucial. So he texts his dad, right? You text your dad and yeah. say, hey, I forgot my gun. Can I borrow one of yours? And he said, yeah, so we said, let's swing through Minnow Wells and grab his dad's gun on the way so he can have a gun to shoot. Mm-hmm. So we stop by your parents' house, you get the gun, throw it in the truck, and we go to the hunt. Well, we get to the hunt, <laughs> and we realize that the gun that he gave you was an over and under. Uh-huh. It wasn't a pump or a, a uh, <clears throat> semi-auto, it was an over and under. And so you're like, well, I guess this will work. So we get in the blind, and we start hunting. The first group of birds come in, and we hear ta 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 ta, and then Zeke shoots, and it's whoa go go. And I look over, and we're like, "What happened?" And you're like, "I don't know, man. This is <laughs> this is the over and over. Intense. This is intense." So then the next flight comes in, same thing, ka 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 ka, just <laughs> like shatter, just rattling the trees around us, and we're like, "Everybody shell shocked." Yeah, we're yeah. like, "What is happening?" So we find out Zeke's shooting, shooting three and a half inch black cloud, the old black cloud <laughs> out of the over Trusty. and under, <laughs> and literally it's like Elmer Fudd. I oh mean, yeah. You got this big old overnight. We got pictures of it. It's hilarious. Boys, I was so sore that next <laughs> oh, day. I imagine. I mean, it, I felt like I was getting kicked by a mule every time I shot. <laughs> and I like I get used to shooting pretty quick. You know, every time you you get in the swing of things as the season comes around. Yeah. And uh, but that that day, I think you eventually almost quit shooting, didn't you? Because I did. Like, I put no. We did. We, we switched guns. guns. Yeah. yeah, we had to. Colts yeah. had shoulder surgery, so uh, it wasn't good for his shoulder. Yeah. But, but anyway, everybody in the blind was laughing. I was shooting that, left-handed. That's true. With that over and under, so it wasn't that bad. Let, speaking left-handed, no joke. Right after Colt had his surgery a couple years ago, is that when uh, you shot with that 410? Yeah. Uh, this is how good this cat is. Oh, yeah. I got a few good stories about old Colt Here Henry. we go. I'm excited. Uh, but this is no Colt, joke. Wait, you just said his middle name, and I was talking over you. What's his middle name? Colt Henry. Colt Henry, boy, that's right, that's right Henry. Michael Wade. Okay, here we go. I was, I was wondering if you can do that to him. Here we go, Zeke Matthew. I that's found right, out that. I Zeke that Matthew. Out. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, we're dove hunting one year. Colt had just had surgery. He's disappointed because it's hunting season, and uh, obviously you've got dove season, then you got till season right around the corner, and then into duck season. And because of the shoulder situation, he was gonna. He decided he was gonna shoot a four ten, and or was it twenty eight? No, it was a four ten single gauge. Four ten, four ten single gauge, uh, single shot, single shot, yeah, single shot. Yeah. And uh, anyways, he shoots left handed. Well, the dove are just we're stacked. I mean, they are just coming, and this cat. 
limits out. The limit uh, is 15 uh, here in Texas. This cat limits out in, I swear, less than 30 minutes. Left-handed with a single shot 410. I mean, I couldn't believe it. That's how how much he eats, sleeps, and breathes. Hunting, he's unbelievable. I've seen him make some shots that, like, at one time we we set up probably 30 yards from each other on the same side of a tank. And uh, there was a bird, I don't know what... a bird flew off over there, and I was like, oh, that one, I guess he may come back around. And and uh-huh. he dropped it. From I'm like, what kind of shot is that? Isn't that you crazy? Reached out, it's nuts. Yeah. I, will, I will say, when I limited out in Dove, you could have just stuck a gun up in the air that year. So, I mean, it was... <laughs> Yeah. It was ridiculous. My last, my last bird that morning, I just downloaded uh, Snapper or Snapchat. Yeah, Snapper, Snapper, Whatever. and uh, <laughs> I, I, I had my arm up in a sling, and I and I videoed like this, and I got it. I still had the video. It was incredible. Really? I mean, but literally there was twenty of them in a ball, and one of them fell. Luckily, and I was like, ah, I'm done. There you go. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah. he mentioned uh, you had shoulder surgery. This is not a hunting story, but how did you mess up your shoulder? Well, I was a professional <laughs> motocross rider for a day so he for thought. about 14 seconds. Uh, long story short, uh, a good buddy of ours, Bridger C, he bought a new KTN 450 or KTM 450. Snapper. Snapper. Uh, and he, we were out plowing a wheat field, getting ready for uh, to plant wheat, and tractor breaks down. Well, we're not very mechanically inclined so we called a guy and said hey do you mind come working on this we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs bridger pops off and says i got a new dirt bike and i said go get it sounds like a great idea uh, i've been on a dirt bike twice in my life this was one of them the other <laughs> time before that i ran into a barbed wire fence flipped over gashed myself open with barbed wire landing in cactus in san angelo it's horrible tell me something yeah. good <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so i get uh so he gets the bike and he rides it around and i look at him and He's looking at me, and he can he can see the want in my eyes. Uh-huh. And I said, well, let me get on it. He said, now, Colt, this thing's more powerful than you think, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Don't don't let me get on it then. I don't, if you're not comfortable, I'm not comfortable. The most Colt Gore thing he yeah. could do. Man, it, wasn't, it wasn't him not yeah. being comfortable. Yeah. It was, he was just worried. Yeah. He knew so, that something was. So, naturally, he says, no, 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 Duffy, just get on it and be careful. I said, okay. So, I get on it, and I kind of real casually – put around a little bit and it's i'm like man this thing's quick and i go up to him and you need to hear bridger tell the story but he says uh he says yeah when you came up and you're just kind of putting around he said well all right colt's gonna be responsible for once you know and uh and he's he's enjoying it i feel good so i rode off about 250 yards down down the pasture well bridger had an old dirt bike track from when he's a kid that had grown up everywhere i didn't know where it was exactly i knew it was in the vicinity but i hit a ramp this had to been 60 foot tall I mean, it was, oh, it was, it was huge. Sixty foot, six stories. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I think this this little bump that I hit was about the size of the curb you'd you would hit going yeah. pulling into Walmart. Yeah. And it bucked me off so hard, I landed on my head and my neck, and uh, I knew instantly I was broke somewhere. Something I was dead. Right. I, I knew I was dying. I remember falling down, standing up, looking at Bridger. <laughs> You know, doing this, hey, come get me, waving my arms. And uh, next thing you know, he was there instantly, and I was back on the ground. I guess I'd blacked out. Yeah. And uh, I stood up, and he goes, oh, Colt, you all right? You all right? The the bike's parts are laying everywhere on the bike. And he had just bought this thing. I felt horrible, you know. And uh, anyway, I said, yeah, we better go to the hospital. 
And right then, at the back gate, that mechanic was pulling up, and Bridger turned around and looked at it, and he turned back to me, and he goes, you reckon you can drive yourself? i got to finish this field. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I did the whole time, pale white, just miserable. I <laughs> you drove reckon my, you can drive yourself? Boy, if that doesn't sound like a Duffy thing to <laughs> oh, do. Oh, man. Uh, you reckon you can take yourself? Oh, that's dude, awesome. so that's a uh, kind of a segue into what I, another story I want, or something I wanted to ask. Uh, we referenced Duffy a lot. Mm-hmm. Tell me where that came from. It's a buddy of y'all's, but also it's your dad's buddy. So give me the story of the name Duffy and what that is. And then give me your best Duffy hunt story. Okay. Well, he can do the story. I'll tell you where Duffy come from. Thanks. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> Duffy is not really anything. It doesn't, it can mean a lot of different things. Uh, it's primarily what you just call somebody in that group of people yeah uh he's duffy i'm duffy luke's duffy bridger's duffy uh brad dad david dan ray doesn't matter yeah uh it usually revolves around haskell everybody in haskell is haskell's a town in west texas just to give a little yeah a little little bitty town it's got a couple gas stations and a cafe and that's uh that is if i had to pick a spot in texas to own a ranch to hunt everything i want to hunt from from whitetail to waterfowl to upland migratories uh, everything hogs it's going to be haskell county hands down yeah uh, we've been blessed to have some great friends that have big ranches out there that we get to hunt and grow up on and uh anyway so so duffy is simply simply what you call a, a friend mm-hmm. uh out in haskell yeah that, that's about it it originated from i think my dad and, and brad just being dumb yeah, and it's kind of like when someone does something something funny or something stupid or something, mm-hmm. you just... It could be whatever, yeah. Yeah. If you're in Haskell and you ever get called by your actual name, there's probably a rattlesnake standing right next to you, yeah. or sitting right next to you, or somebody's <laughs> mad at you. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, it start with your dad and Bridger's dad? Is that... That's yeah. right. They started calling yeah. each other Duffy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they have some kind of crazy friendship, and I do want to... I mean, because of Bridger and uh, our relationship, my dad's relationship with Bridger's family... Uh, and my dad's relationship with Bridger's dad, we've gotten an opportunity to hunt as often as we do uh, a lot because of those guys. And so uh, just an incredible family. That's one of the things I love about the hunting community is uh, people have a tendency to just be so loving and uh, so caring and willing to share. And uh, the C family, are they're absolutely that way. And so uh, super grateful for our friendship and their goofballs. But I, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. This is going to involve people we both know. Yeah. Uh, so but most of the time, whenever we're talking and y'all say Duffy, it's you're Bridger. referring to Bridger, uh-huh. y'all's buddy Bridger, that his, y'all just yeah. call, everybody in our circle calls him Duffy. That's yeah. right. Like when we're just referencing, yeah. that's kind of his nickname. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so one time, so Adam Richards, uh, who is uh, a buddy of all of ours, yep. um, he's going to go out. So Bridger and uh, Adam worked for me at, in real estate. And uh, we're going out to Haskell, which is Bridger's family's property. And uh, anyways, Adam's going out there for the first time. And Adam was dead set on killing everything that we we popped. <laughs> well, And eating uh, it, too, right? And eating it. Yeah. Yeah. Killing everything we popped and eating it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so, uh, anyways, we, we were doing that. Adam shot a hog. I mean, we cut the back straps out of the hog that day and we ate those back straps. Mm-hmm. Um, we killed a big old rattlesnake and uh, we had rattlesnake tacos. I mean, that same nice. day. Well, Bridger and I are sitting one time in a, uh, in a deer blind and uh, there is a, 
bird sitting on top of a mesquite at the uh, down by the feeder. And uh, I said, hey, Duffy, you think you could hit that dove up there? <laughs> he goes, I think he had like a 30 out six. I mean, something just nasty. Yeah. 338. 330. Yeah. I think he said 30 out six. It may have been. <laughs> so, anyway, some, some big, huge caliber gun. Anyways, I was like, hey, you think you can pop that dove at the top of that mesquite? He's like, you think so? I was like, well, let's go for it. <laughs> so I see him. He's lined up and he's, you know, got a little sway to him for some reason. And uh, he's lining it up. He's lining it up. He's got that dove in his crosshairs and uh, he shoots because we didn't see anything worth killing any hogs or whatever. And uh, he shoots and that uh, I go, Duffy. I think you hit that dove. He goes, no, I didn't. I said, I saw it drop. And uh, he was like, all right, well, let's go check it out. So we walked down. We're just kind of walking to the feeder. And I look up under that mesquite, and I go, you got it, Duffy. You killed it. <laughs> you got it. And I grabbed it from under that mesquite tree. Not one single wound on that sucker. Just the blast going by its head killed that dove. <laughs> It was crazy. That is crazy. It was, and then, uh, well, we were living by Adam's rules for the weekend, and so we took that dove back and we ate it as ate well. It. So hey, it was but, nice and clean, no bullet hole in it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's great. But when we went to Haskell, uh, <clears throat> Duffy was out there, and uh, he's just kind of the life of the party. I mean, whenever you're, he's a good time. He's he's just fun, and he's gonna uh -huh. have fun. And but I remember I hadn't hung out with him a ton, but we were sitting there in the cabin, and he had some pants on. I don't know what they were, but I said. Where'd you get them pants? And he said, oh, Walmart, I think. And I said, man, those look comfortable. And he said, these right here are stretchy and real comfortable. And then he proceeded to do stretches and all kinds of, like, <laughs> everything in the cabin right. in front of us to show uh -huh. us how stretchy and Hey, were they floral sweat shorts? No, they were like a That's his go-to. The floral sweat shorts. Oh, really? Believe me, that's why they're huge. He, he wears them to sleep in. He loves them. And they're monster on him. They yeah. were yours? Yeah. That's awesome. That's funny. All right. Any other funny uh, stories, memorable stories, hunting stories, anything? I got one more Luke story. Yes. Uh, he was uh, one time we were out hunting. I think it was me, Dad, Colton, Luke. And uh, Luke was, you know, maybe he had a blind with Dad or by himself. I don't remember. But anyways, he popped a, a doe that wasn't quite ready to to be harvested yeah. just yet. To clarify, didn't didn't quite have spots on it. Yeah, it didn't, but <laughs> no uh, spot. it was pre-spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, Luke makes a great shot on it and uh, puts it down. And we, you know, sometimes when you pull up to the deer, they don't look quite Some as big as they ground did. Ground shrinkage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little ground shrinkage. And so, uh, long story short, we we uh, go get the deer and making jokes about her size uh and uh we get to the processor and they're like y'all go ahead and back the truck up go ahead and back it up and uh dad was like no it's okay <laughs> we're we're good we'll just toss it over to you <laughs> pretty embarrassed so we've had a good time with that story with luke oh, that's yeah. awesome so awesome anyways lots of good memories i know there's a ton more that we could tell for sure so uh if at any point in this podcast y'all think of another one, I'd okay. love to hear more stories. They're funny. So, um, but kind of moving on in the next section, uh, Zeke kind of came up with this idea for this podcast, talking about 
uh, beginning waterfowlers. Um, I think if I can just for a second, my, yeah. my thought behind that was there's a lot of guys, young or older, who are just, you know, duck, waterfowl hunting has gotten so popular yes. uh, lately. And, you know, thanks to a lot of uh, TV shows and Duck you, Dynasty, Duck yeah. Dynasty, yeah. you know, it's gotten to be uh, pretty trendy, to yeah. be honest with you. And it's kind of a cool uh, thing to want to be a part of. So with that being said, there's a lot involved and yeah. um, there's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cost and uh, it can be expensive. It can be more than anything, I think, intimidating. Yes. And so if you don't know what you're doing, even for me personally, I'm scared to do something stupid out in the field simply because even though I've been hunting my whole life, I don't know, I haven't been duck hunting for very long at all. Yeah. And so when it comes to calling or anything like that, I'm not like, there are going to be guys who do it better than I do. So I'm, I'm afraid to even do it in front of anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that was kind of one of those things that I just wanted to first time you know people may be listening to this podcast they're interested in hunting but they're kind of intimidated or possibly potentially embarrassed yeah and so like it's okay it's okay it's okay that's what i was gonna say so um one of my favorite thing to do things to do is take first time guys waterfowl hunting because it's like the light switch comes on and they a lot of them if they're going waterfowl hunting they've been dove hunting before probably that's what i ask a lot of guys you've been hunting before i've been dove hunting when i was little yep something like that but uh they've never been duck hunting or they've been deer hunting um i know a lot or they've jumped ponds you know and and killed ducks that way but not actually you're exactly you're exactly right so a lot of guys that i know have been like hardcore deer hunters and then mm-hmm. they went duck hunting the first time and they don't hardly deer hunt anymore because it's it's just it's a different kind of hunting it's fun but the one of the biggest things i would say for beginners is uh man there's a lot of guys out there a lot of i mean i see it on facebook all the time um so many guys have different opinions on what you need what you don't need oh you gotta have this you gotta have that yeah. blah 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 um and i hate whenever guys are talking down to guys and and saying you know there's guys out there that are just hunting and that's what we're fixing to talk about. And they're just getting started. They may do something that we wouldn't do, uh, but they don't need someone, someone like getting onto them. They need right. someone like helping. Them. Hey, this is yep. what don't do that. And this is why I'm not like, Hey, you yep. Duffy, what are you doing? Right. right. Did I use it right? Uh, you're getting there. Okay. I'm working on it. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Hey, Duffy. <laughs> hey, Duffy. <laughs> I'm going to start doing it on Facebook. Yeah. Just, but well, anyway, um, so. Well, well, I'll say this, uh, because I think you're right. And, and I'll, for both of you boys, too, like every time I've gone out with y'all, I mean, I know I've done stuff that's, you know, just not, uh, obviously I know what I'm doing for the most part, but I, I know less than most of the guys out with us at the time because they're all big waterfowlers, you know? And so I don't, I don't, uh, I I'm intimidated while I'm out there, but you guys sure as heck don't make me feel stupid. Colt always encourages me, even though we're brothers, he always encourages me. If I'm asking a dumb question or whatever, he, he doesn't answer or he, he's not demeaning to me or anything like that. And it's the same thing with you, Micah. You, you, you never, uh, never have I ever seen you, uh, make someone feel like you don't know what you're doing. Why are you out here? Yeah. You're always unbelievably helpful and encouraging. And I think, man, so many people win whenever you, that's your attitude Yeah. in hunting because people want to be part of it. Yeah. You know? they want, And so. I want them to, some guys don't want more guys to get into it because sure. there's not as many birds. Yeah. If everybody's hunting, there's not as many birds. Well, yeah. uh, I think statistically um, hunting is as 
ha- has been on a decline for yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're not going to run out of birds. We may have slower seasons, but mm-hmm. nature uh, of the beast. Yeah. If we get guys, younger guys involved in hunting, they're going to, you know, teach their sons to hunt and we're going to continue this legacy that I think is crucial for, for guys. And, and, uh, it's just part of who we are. We're hunters and we're supposed to be hunters and we're supposed to go out. It's just, I mean, there's something about being out there and you're doing what God created you to do. That's right. And it, uh, it's, it's, it's just, when you're out there, it's like, this feels right. Yeah. You know? So I kind of wanted, thought about going at this section, the beginners section, um, what if we run at it as like we're taking a first time hunter and what would we want to tell them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I would probably say a lot of times they're worried about what camo am I going to wear? Do I need waders? Do I not need waders? What shells do I use? Do I need to bring my calls? All that kind of stuff. So um, let's just start from there. Colt, what would you tell a guy if he was going to say, this is my first time duck hunting ever. What do I need to bring? What would you say? So <clears throat> with with Cuddle Outfitters and G93, we've always been intentional about not requiring waders for people. You know, a lot of times it's going to be a turnoff for people to want to come hunt with you if they require a minimal of a $100 investment, you yeah. know, or 150 or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so I always say, hey, you don't need them. If you, want to, if you want to be a part of picking up decoys and get that full experience or putting them out or whatever, then come on with it, you know. Um, I always get asked the – the the do I bring my calls question you know yeah uh, I don't ever want somebody to feel like they're not welcome to blow their calls uh, but I do tell them like hey I'm gonna be honest with you if I feel like you're you're flaring birds or or something with your calling then I'm gonna want you to pull off of it you know I, yeah. I want them to be as comfortable as they want you know uh, a lot of a lot Sorry. of first timers with me ask if they can bring their dog and I'm and I'm usually never good with that uh, unless I've hunted with that dog or yeah. if I know the person personally. Uh, not only is it a liability, but it, a dog, a bad dog can run a hunt real quick, especially yep. for waterfowl, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, are you talking about a guided hunt? Yeah. You know? Okay. And so as far as just, I guess to go, to go outside of guiding, uh, if somebody say, this is, this is my first hunt, what's your advice? Yeah. You know, uh, I'd say go out there, sit down, be quiet, let the birds do their thing. If you don't know how to blow a call. Put your decoys out. Pray for wind. Yep. You know, good wind and uh, shoot straight. You know, it's it's just as simple as that in all reality. Yeah, and that I I would say, uh, man, if you're a beginning waterfowl hunter, um, and you don't have a lot of places around here in Texas where we're at are private properties. You yeah. know, there's some public lakes and stuff like that, but a lot of times we get permission from a guy we know. It's his land. It's his property or something, or we have a, a lease or something, but. <laughs> I think first thing, make sure where you're hunting is legal. Yeah, <laughs> don't go, <laughs> don't, down. don't yeah. go hunt Lake Granberry. Uh, you gotta have, have your hunting license. Uh, yeah, that's your so, first tip. Yeah, that's a great one. Right, so let's, good one. Hunter, sa- hunter safety, your hunting license, and your waterfowl stamp. Yeah. So we were on a hunt a little while back, and everybody had had their. Uh, we got stopped by the game warden, which I think is great. I love getting stopped by the game warden because. I've got everything like I should. Everybody should have it. We're, we want to make sure we're, we're doing what we're supposed to. we got plugs in our over and unders and all that kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was checking our hunter safety, and one guy had taken it in high school, but it wasn't on his license, and he checked his driver's license, and he didn't have it on there. And so sometimes uh, you got to have uh, – and I don't know all the rules on this. Y'all probably know more. But you got to have your hunting license. you got to buy a new one every year. Mm-hmm. you got to have hunter safety course. If you're, if you're so – how do y'all know the age where you don't have 17. to have 17 
17. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, 17, I believe, is what it is. You can defer it for one year after you're 17. Correct. But yes. the next year, you have to. And there's sure. a and there's an age like you're um, grandfathered in to some. I don't know what it is, but. It's yeah. 1970 yeah, something. 72 or 73. Yeah. yeah, if you're before that, you didn't yeah. have yeah. to. But you got to have your hunting license. And then if you're waterfowl hunting, you have to have a federal duck stamp. Mm-hmm. So it, this is. You got to have. So. What's important here is because everything's so digital. Your hunting license you can actually put on your outdoor annual app in the state of Texas. Yeah. Yes. But your federal duck stamp you've got to have on you after a certain period of time. So yeah. So the digital thing kind of goes away for your duck hunting once season rolls around. Yeah, and I don't know if they have done that or they. Sh- I bet they will soon. Where you, if you buy your license online electronically and you buy the duck stamp there, it it'll probably show on there. I don't know, but. Uh, you can when you go buy your hunting license, wherever you buy it from, local sports store, Walmart, you can get it anywhere um, that sells sporting goods mostly. Uh, they'll ask you if you want a, a, a waterfowl stamp, and that's a federal stamp. It's not a state stamp. So everybody across the nation, whenever they're waterfowl hunting, they have to have a federal duck stamp. It's twenty five bucks. Um, if you order it through uh, wherever you're at, they'll mail you that stamp. I've made that mistake before, and it's accidentally gotten thrown away. <laughs> so that's, that's what happened to mine this year. Yeah. Yep. So what I do is I go to the local post office, and most of them will have them on hand. They carry a duck stamp. A lot of people collect them even though they're not waterfowl hunters. Yep. They buy them to support the um, conservation conservation and all that. So it's a $25 stamp. I buy it at the post office. The day I buy my license, I put it on my license, and then I'm good to go. Yeah. So you got to make sure you have those if you're going to go waterfowl hunting. Uh, the second thing going out, like Colt was saying, if you're going to go, you know you're legal, you know you got your license and everything, and you're going out to a new, I would say go scout where you're going to hunt. Yeah. That's huge. And when we say scout, what we're meaning is go check the week before, days before you're going to hunt to see if there's birds on the water. Um do you want to talk a little bit about ducks and how they operate? You know, why why do we scout? Like, what's the point of scouting? Well, you know, like you were saying earlier, we have, we everything that we do is is private land that we lease. Uh, we do that for multiple reasons, but primarily so we don't have to compete with with a whole bunch of people on public land. You yep. know, uh, in our case, we have a lot of big lakes. You know, that are private. Uh, you know, twenty, thirty, forty acre stock tanks, and and really those ducks can want to be or they can be anywhere on that lake you know where they're feeding at that time and so you want to go out there and get to learn the feeding habits of that duck where where it wants to land where it wants to feed where it wants to be uh and you want to be sitting out there you know also wind plays a huge part of that too you know that's another thing for beginners always watch your wind you know ducks always want to land into the wind yep so you're going to want to be on that bank side or if you're hunting uh uh, early season deep cut you want to try to find shallower water and maybe shoot them as they're crossing you you know uh i, I think that you know it's something that we miss that's that's well before going and getting a license well before uh even talking about scouting and looking at ducks you, you need to know your ducks yeah you need to know how many yeah, study, study. That's good. Uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the the fear and anxiety of a, of a new waterfowler like Zeke was talking about doesn't necessarily come from the people in the blind that you're with, but it comes from the legalities, the concern, the concerns you have with how many rules you have to follow for waterfowl hunting. Yeah, you know, and like you just said, it's a federally regulated animal, so you have the same thing all the way down here from from North Dakota to Texas that you you know that the biologists set in place. 
and say, hey, this is how many of these this year that you can shoot or yeah. per day that you can shoot. Uh, and so, you know, you, you want to be intentional about that. That's your biggest thing. You don't want to go shooting over your limit in redheads, you know. Yeah. Or uh, mallards, you want you want to do your part in conservation and and believe in those biologists that are studying that and and giving us that regulation. Yeah, and so yeah. when you're saying, uh, you know, know what you're shooting, he's he's talking about there's how to identify how to, you got to identify the bird you're shooting, and I think you're right. That's the hardest thing when you're starting duck hunting it because. Is. When you're duck hunting for a while, you know in the air they're flying. Oh, that's a pintail. That's a widgeon. Yeah. That's because you see those markings. But when you're first starting out, a duck's a duck. I mean, oh, it's, it is. You and know. all you see from posters is greenheads. Yeah. Well, where we're hunting, we don't get a lot of greenheads, yeah. so we're shooting a lot of teal and widgeon. We and get redhead. a lot of mixed bag too. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what's tough about us down here is you're you're not you know we we pick up a lot of good widgeon shoots. You yeah. know, and uh, so that's easy to regulate. You know, you, you know what you're shooting. They all look essentially the same uh but for the most part we get mixed bag ducks so you got to be real careful with what you're shooting if you're shooting your redheads and your your one pintail and your one canvas back and uh you know you, you got to be real careful and then all in all you still only get six birds you know and yeah so uh i mean it's all it's simple math it's just identifying the the bird uh especially in flight you know it can be tough it doesn't matter how long you've hunted i've hunted a long time uh and I make mistakes. Oh yeah, you know, and it, and, it and your adrenaline's going. And it is. You, you want to shoot something. Well, and <laughs> you, you've got that early flight. You know, a lot of times when you have your thirty minutes prior to sun up, from what the, you know, what the internet tells you, you still really can't see that great. Right. But you get itchy, so you, you're like, well, I'm legal. I'm shooting, and you got birds buzzing you. Next thing you know, you're counting redheads. Yeah. Or or whatever pintails, and you're like, okay, boys, we got to stop shooting right here. Yeah. Let's, let's get these counted. You know, just enough sun up to let the dogs start working, and and that's something that as a as a beginning as a beginner waterfowler waterfowler, you definitely want to make sure that you have done some homework in that in that you know the app that Zeke was just talking about, the Outdoor Annual. Yep. It's got a bird identification deal on it. Yep. You can you know sit there, study it, look at it, learn what you can and can't shoot, learn what taste you know what, go to the internet, learn what tastes good stuff. Some guys just like to chase birds that they like to eat. Yeah. Me, frankly, I like to shoot birds. You know. Yeah. And, and uh, force myself to eat the ones I don't like yeah. to eat because I just want to shoot birds too. Yeah. So that that. That app is really helpful. They'll also, when you buy your license, a lot of time give you a printed out version of that Texas Outdoor Annual. Yep. And it has all that stuff in there. Um, so I would say if you're going out for the first time and you're going to shoot ducks and there's ducks there, uh, I would almost shoot one at a time. Yeah. I mean, if you got four guys, y'all can all try to shoot one bird. Yeah. Get it and see what it is. If you really want to make sure you're not going to be able to litter, you're shooting, you're going to be within the limits. You can one at a time see, okay, I've, we've got this many, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yep. And a lot of times when you're out hunting, whatever you start shooting, a lot of times you're going to shoot, shoot a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, if it's widgeon or redhead or whatever yeah. coming in. So um, that's a great point. No, do your homework because there is a lot of, man, there's so many rules. Uh, so and there's a lot of different species. I mean, a lot of different types of duck, you know, especially down here. I mean, they're all finishing right here, you know. I mean, yeah. we are outside of the coast. We're pretty much one of the final destinations for these migrators, you know. Yeah. And so uh, we get a lot of birds down here, a lot of birds, you yeah. know. And, but we also have a lot of water. So, yeah. So hunts can be tough in that in that way. But Yeah, there's also diver ducks and pu puddle ducks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's going to be uh, – 
you don't really need to know the. I mean, you can know the difference in those, but that book's going to tell you you're regulated on this many redheads sure. or this many mallards or mallards is uh, we can get six mallards, but is it like in no, five you, drakes? You can only get five mallards. Five mallards, yeah. and they can all five be. They change all the time. I mean, yeah, it's five five drakes, three hen, two hens, maybe something like that remember. down here now. That's how that's how little. Uh, mallards that we shoot yeah you know? we don't yeah. i mean but we know the redhead limits and the pintail right. <laughs> and the widgeons we gotta know and the widgeons yeah. that's right so that's great um great advice and so you're say you've got your you've done your homework you know what you're gonna do you've got your spot picked out and you say i'm going on my first hunt this morning uh what advice would you give there's thousands of decoys and motion decoys and all kinds of things that you could take on this hunt with you um, what would be your recommendation on decoys? I think for a first-time <coughs> hunter, if somebody went and bought uh, two dozen decoys or a dozen and a half decoys and one motion, I'm not the biggest fan of your stand-up mojos. You know, maybe yeah. early season birds, they, yeah. they work for a little bit. Uh, something that works year-round is a pulsator made by uh, Higdon. Higdon. And it is hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts, the best motion water you know, system out there for me. Uh, I love it. And yeah. so a lot, a lot of times when we're hunting late season birds and we're running four decoys, I, I will still have a pole sitter in there, you know, especially no wind with wind, whatever. You got to have movement. Yeah, you got to. So I think I, Lucky Duck just released a agitator. That's kind of the same yeah. thing, but it's yeah. a, a different brand. But so I think that, uh, yeah, you, you know, you want to set them up at the pinch, at a pinch point for the wind, the way you're going to be sitting. Uh, you want to make sure you have motion, whether that's wind or whether it's uh, caused by electronics, you know, decoy. Uh, ultimately, you want to be aware of your surroundings at all times. You want to make sure that uh, you're not doing something stupid. You yeah. know, you, you want to be aware that uh, if you do have buddies in the blind, don't swing your gun too far, shoot in your lane. Yeah. Uh, you know, just little, little com- common things that you should know, but if you don't, there's just some advice. Yeah, so... Uh, you're talking about shooting lanes. Uh, a lot of times, we were talking about that hunt earlier. We were in Grayford. We have five or six guys in there. Mm-hmm. So I think you were on the far right, Zeke, or second to the far right. I don't know where you were. But anyway, whenever a group of birds comes in, if you've got five or six guys, uh, when Colt says shoot your lane, what he's meaning is you've got kind of like a, I don't know what degree you would call it, but you've got lanes. If there's five or six of you, you kind of divide the space in front of you in those six lanes. Yep. And then you don't want to be shooting way over in a left lane whenever. Now, if all the birds are over there, the three guys on the left or the four guys may take mm-hmm. them if they're too far, and the two far guy, far right guys may not. But you don't want to be crossing over other people, barrels, because it just gets dangerous. It's real dangerous. So, Well, you know, and if you to, – to produce better numbers, if you can stay in your lane as well, too. It's not – I mean, obviously safety is everything, but – but that functions as two purposes. You know, if there's four of us and there's a group of 20 birds that come in, they're flying from left to right. Well, the person at the left side of the blind is going to shoot the tail end of those birds. Yes. You know, the two people in the middle are going to shoot the left end, you know, left middle, right middle, and the lead, the person on the far right is going to shoot the lead bird. Yeah. You know, and so it's effectively pulling more off. You know, naturally your brain tells you to shoot in front of the group. You've got six hundreds before you know it shooting at one bird and nineteen more flew off. So three of you shoot one bird when you yeah. could have shot three different birds. And then you're all fighting over who shot then, it. Over yeah. who shot it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh I love that advice too. I would say 
for for the decoy setup, a lot of guys want to run big spreads. We don't run big spreads a lot. We, I mean, a dozen, two dozen, whatever. Depends on the morning and the conditions and all that. But I would almost say if you're a, a beginner hunter, if you can uh, just get a few decoys, like Colt was saying, a dozen, maybe less than that, whatever you – if Grandpa had some or – you know, whoever uncle has some, and you can get some. You can find them at estate sales, garage sales. My son bought some the other day. Yeah, you can buy them. He's like, Daddy, look what I bought you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and a lot of guys are, um, you know, the further you get into it, it's expensive. So you yeah. can buy high-end everything, and there's all kinds. But if you can just find you some decoys, and then uh, the old $15 jerk rig. Yep. You can go to Academy and buy a $15 jerk rig. It, it hooks up to your decoys, and as you're sitting in the blind, it's got a bungee on the other end of it with an anchor that sits in the water and then it connects to three or four of your decoys and then you've got the line and the blind and you can pull that thing and those birds are moving in the water and it's creating movement, creating uh, all kinds of movement in the water. Ducks are attracted to movement and so that's what when Colt's saying, if there's no wind, you want movement. If it's a dead morning and you're trying to call ducks in to to no movement, they it's easy for them to tell that's that's a floating piece of plastic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you have movement, it makes all the difference in the world. Now, too much movement sometimes you see on these videos where they've got these poles shooting water across the whole spread. Mm -hmm. I've never done that situation. I don't know what that yeah. looks like, but uh, it's crazy. But I would say try to be if you go out scouting two or three days before, watch the ducks, yeah, see what they're doing, and then try to mimic what they're doing. Yeah, um, I've had successful mornings where I've straight up forgot my decoy bag. Yeah, you know, and because of my scouting prior to the hunt, I knew where those birds wanted to be. Yeah, you know, and so I, if I didn't have a blind on that location, I was hunkered up underneath trees. You know, uh, you bring up a good point, and that's kind of it's kind of what I want to talk about. You know, if you're a beginner, uh, now if you just financially can do whatever the heck you want, and you want to go big, and you think I'm going to like this, so I'm jumping into it, and you go buy the new SBE three or Browning A5 or something, and you got... He's talking about guns for all you uh, <laughs> Begin yeah. beginners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Super Black Eagle 3. Yeah. Super Black Eagle. So, you, so I, I would think just if your gun's compatible for two and three quarter inch shell, go yeah. buy some, go find you some steel shot two and three quarter. You know, oh, that's another thing. It's got to be steel shot for you beginners. Got to be steel. No lead. It's illegal. Um, and a good, I would say a good number is a number three or number four if you're just starting out. If you got good shot, distance, you know, uh, don't go blowing a bunch of money at first. Make sure that you do fall in love with it, that you want to take on the responsibility of being a part of, uh, of conservation for, for migratory birds, you know. Uh, because like Micah just stated, it is very, very, very expensive once you do decide to commit to being a waterfowler, you know. Yep. Uh, I guess it could be cheap if you wanted it to be but by the time you go out and you lease land or you buy the boat or you buy a kayak uh however you're going to get to public water hunts or lease land you've got two thousand dollars in a gun you buy four hundred dollars worth of shells at the start of it you've got six grand worth of decoys in motion it's sitting in your garage it gets real expensive real quick yep you know uh and so so make sure that you it's something you want to do go out and give yourself a couple hunts i mean you're, you're going to fall in love with it if you like the outdoors you like hunting, I can I can almost guarantee you're going to fall in love with it. You know, I, I would say be prepared for the cold. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, yeah. you, you work your tail off putting out decoys, uh, walking to the blind, doing all that stuff, and then you just sit down, and all that adrenaline that's pumping and all that sweat that was rolling off of you, even mm -hmm. if it's 30 degrees, by the time you sit down and you have to wait that 30, 45 minutes before the sun comes up, 
you get real cold. Yeah. You know, be prepared for that, dress for that. Yeah. Another thing is knowing uh, knowing when shooting light is. That's a huge one. Uh, yep. 30 minutes before sunrise, and it's different every day. Yep. I mean, it changes every day. So uh, what's cool about that app we're talking about is there's a you can go on there and you hit, there's a button, you click sunrise, and it GPS is where you're at and tells you sunrise time right yep. there. So you know whatever time that is, 30 minutes before that. You can open your weather app. (coughs) Oh, excuse me, frog in my throat. (laughs) Uh, You can open your weather app. What did you say, Justin? Yeah. Uh, I'm learning a ton from you boys. Look at that. I'm just eating this up. This beginner over here, I'm learning a a bunch. (laughs) The movement, all the what have yous and whatnots. Yeah, that's That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, another thing I was going to talk about is camo and cover. Uh, So, you know, a lot of... The further you get into waterfowl hunting, there are certain camo patterns that guys like to hunt. Um, I would say any camo is going to work, depending on if you're in a dark spot and you wear light camo, of course you're going to stick yeah. out. But when you go out and look at the, po- the spot you're going to hunt, uh, look at if you're going to be sitting in trees or weeds or whatever you're going to be sitting in. Uh, try to kind of match your camo to that. And it is crucial. Those ducks can see you oh, yeah. from a long way away. And then also try to create some sort of blind. Some yep. sort of hide. Um, companies sell A-frame blinds. You can go. We've built big mecha blinds. We've set in, set in cattails. A, a, a pair of loppers and some P-cord, you know. Yeah. Uh, just fix you something up. Yeah. Mm. Anything you can do to hide yourself to make sure that ducks can't see you is going to be crucial. If you're sitting on the bank in, in camo and you don't have anything around you, they're going to spot you and they, they ain't landing. So, so to to talk about cover, you know these these ducks see so well. Uh, my the guy the a couple guys broke me out in waterfowl. My cousin Ike and my cousin Mike, Ike and Mike, Mike and Ike. Mike and Ike. Yeah. Okay, like uh, the candy, like the yeah. candy. Here so we go. they are both extreme extreme waterfowlers. You know some of the most accomplished waterfowlers that I know personally. Uh, my very first hunt with them was out in East Texas a long time ago, and they. I had a bottle of water that I was going to take the blind with me. I didn't have a blind bag uh, to carry my shells. I just had a box of shells in my pocket, uh, had my shotgun and a bottle of water. Well, he took a brown spray can, uh, spray paint, and he spray painted my bottle of water. Yeah. Quite literally, like no joke, straight up spray painted it. And he said, hey, that little white cap that's sitting on the top of that will flare these birds. You know, yeah, and uh, I learned a, a valuable lesson that day. You know, and and I, I stick with it. You yeah, know? and then you just got to read your birds too. Sometimes they want to be right in front of you, and that's where they're going. Yeah, you know, sometimes you really got to be good at that call and make sure them decoys look right. You know, it just depends on the hunt. Yeah, uh, so you brought up another good point, calls. Um, so it takes some guys learn it quick, but a lot of times it takes a long time to get really good at blowing a duck call. Um, and you got to, you know, research what ducks sound like and how they, how they sound. And you want to mimic a duck as much as you can. So we've all been on the hunt when the guy brings his duck call and, uh, he starts blowing the call and you're like, uh, we're going to have to put that thing up. <laughs> Col- Colt's looking. Or their coach's whistle. Okay. I like it. See, there that we go. That means I'm listening to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. That was, so uh. last, last episode I was talking about coaching and i have a coach's whistle and it sounds like a widgeon and a mallard drake and so i was like we need to go on a hunt and just take a coach's whistle see if we can do it with a coach's whistle. but anyway um i would almost say if you're a beginner don't even worry about calling at first uh you may can get um like a six in one or something and do a little wit that's easy to do like a widgeon yeah something like that but uh 
a lot of times guys overcall. Um, so <laughs> when we're out there, sometimes we're guilty of overcalling and calling too much, and you may flare birds because you're overcalling. But uh, the calling thing, it takes a while to get to where you can blow a call really well and to know how you need to blow it and when you need to blow it and what you need to do. So I would say if you're a beginner, just go out there with some decoys and some motion and try to get on them. And then if you can find something like a 6-in-1 or something that, if you need to make a little noise, you can. But a lot of times, guys go out there and pound them without blowing a call. I mean, go ahead and buy your decoys, put them on a lanyard, because when you make the Instagram post at the end of it, yeah, your calls, calls. Your calls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely yeah. want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Calls hanging. Good point. Yeah, I, for me, I can't tell you how many times uh, it'd be funny if you listen to the camera at the house. I'm sure, but you'll uh, you'll find me in the guest bedroom uh, with YouTube videos working on my calls uh, because I'm not. It has not come naturally to me as yeah. it does a lot of people, and it's frustrating to me uh, because I want to be so good at it, but. Again, it's one of those things that can feel incredibly intimidating, even mm -hmm. though I've been duck hunting for just a few year, couple years now, um, which isn't very long. Duck season isn't very long either, right. you know, in the grand scheme of things. And so you have to practice. And so get on YouTube, and uh, there are videos out there, and they'll, they'll show you how to, you yeah. know, how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing, too, even when, I can remember when I started, uh, you're at home and you're practicing. You're like, I got this thing. I, I think I sound good. I'm tuned in. And then you go out and it's still intimidating yeah. to let out that first quack. Yep. Like, is this really going to sound like mm -hmm. I think it's going to? But, uh, Colt, you were talking earlier about when we're taking guys hunting and them asking, do they want to bring calls? I think if you're, say you're a beginner going on a guided hunt, um, I don't, I don't mind you bringing calls, but I think you have to go into it with the mindset of, the guide may tell me, hey, don't call for a bit, um, and then, you know, like if it's a hunt and I've got a guy that brought calls and I know he's flaring birds, I want to be able to say, hey, don't call for a bit. Let's get some Let's get some birds down. Let's, let's at least not flare birds for a bit. And yeah. then if you want to work on calling later, mm -hmm. you know, work on calling some ducks, that's part of your hunt. That's You're paying idea. for the hunt anyway. Yep. Yep. But uh, I think be willing to uh, – accept someone saying hey don't call for a bit yeah. like it's just part of the part of the deal and you're learning uh, own that you're learning and be okay with uh somebody speaking up they're trying to trying to help you get on some birds yeah and then uh, hopefully they're willing to kind of give you some tips and tricks by the end of it yeah and even if you're not going on a guy to hunt you're going with a buddy who's hunted a lot i would ask him like hey can i call mm -hmm. uh, can i can i try yeah absolutely and then ask for feedback like yeah. that's the biggest ask for feedback and that's part that's a lot of the um getting good at a call is getting you know feedback from other guys saying you're yep. doing this or this or this it's hard to teach sometimes it's just a thing you got to go like you're saying get on youtube find guys that you like the way they call and just try to mimic those guys that's so good. let's say uh we've done the hunt they were successful with no calls whatever they got some birds down uh now you got to take your birds. You got to clean them. So uh. <laughs> I have some great uh, last year or last season. I remember because uh, I duck hunted a lot last season, and uh, I would be out in my front yard and uh, in the driveway with the tailgate down in my truck. I'd roll the trash can over, you know, have my bags ready to go, and uh, every everybody in the neighborhood knew because those feathers were just caught up in <laughs> caught up in the wind, just going all the way across the neighborhood. Well, Zeke like, went duck hunting again. Yeah, Zeke went duck hunting again. I just wave at him. Morning, <laughs> morning, 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 Virgil. Howdy, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to talk 
about without physically like having something in front of you to talk about sure. how to clean a bird. But go look on YouTube how to clean birds. It's not as hard as you think. Uh, nope. Some birds are hard to clean. Ringnecks, uh, man, they're just miserable to clean when you're trying to peel the skin back. It breaks apart. It's just that's the frustrating. Oh, yeah. If you clean time consuming. That's divers in general. Diver, yeah. yeah. If you clean a mallard or something like that, you're clean. gonna know like, yeah. oh, this is. This is easy. Yeah. Then you go clean one of those, and it's like so. Just do some research on how to clean the birds, and then uh, let's talk a little bit about cooking them. So you you're mm-hmm. kind of a you're a uh, cooking connoisseur. That's not how I say that, but I mean that'll work for me. I don't know what I'd call myself. But, <laughs> you like yeah. to cook. I do like to cook. Yeah. Yeah. So what is what do you think is the best way for a beginner to cook their their first? Uh, ducks that they shot. Man, don't overcook it. I don't know yes. how else to say it. I mean, Amen. I think Preach so, it. so many people are are worried about that. And to put it so simply, don't overcook your duck. Yep. I mean, a lot of people don't like duck because they've never had it the right way, to yes. be honest with you. And so uh, for me, we love duck at our house. Mm-hmm. We love any kind of bird at our house. And um, so I, I have a tendency to cook that more than anything else. And we keep a lot of birds in the freezer because uh, we enjoy it so much. And so there's a million different ways to do it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I would say it does take practice, though, um, yeah. because if you're not careful, um, then you can cook it too fast um, and uh, and and too well done. <laughs> it's, it's chewy. It's it's gross. Yeah. I mean, it's just not. It's like, well, that was that was it. You think of duck when you go somewhere to a nice restaurant um, that you're going to have a duck and uh, it always tastes good. And you get home, you're like, nah. Not in my house. <laughs> not in my <laughs> not, house. Yeah, not doing that again. Yeah. And so, simply put, I mean, you can make them in, you can make them as poppers. You know, yeah. obviously put them in jalapenos and cheese and all the things. Wrap them in bacon. Wrap them in bacon. Yeah. And uh, but I do it in a number of different ways. I I like to smoke uh, duck. Yeah. Um. And uh, anyways, yeah. Just don't just don't overdo it. And yeah. Practice. My one of my favorite ways is I strip them real real thin strips. Mm-hmm. Batter them. Uh, fajitas. I've never done fajitas, but we were talking about doing fajitas one yeah. time. We need to do that. That's my favorite way to do it. Oh, that sounds awesome. I, mm. I like to strip them real thin, batter them, and deep fry them. My kids like them that way. They're like little chicken tenders. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing that weirds people out is when you're cooking chicken, it's always you got to get it done. Right. Can't be pink. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Mm-hmm. And ducks are a bird, so we kind of relate that meat right. to chicken. But uh, when you're frying it, if it's not a little pink in the middle, it's tough. That's it's, right. You want and man, when you take a bite and it's got a little pink in the middle, it's like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. this is it's great. Yeah. So that's exactly right. Don't overcook it. It gets bad when you overcook it. I will say this: if you, you know, if you want to hunt them, you need to be intentional about eating them. You know, uh, good idea. Yeah, I do believe that if you, they are a gamier bird than than most. They're not as bad as geese. Yeah, uh, but a good way to prep that is soak it in buttermilk. Is what a lot of people will tell you. I personally will take my duck and I'll soak it in a salty ice bath in the fridge, and I'll let it sit overnight. Yeah, and plan to cook it the next day. Uh, that water is going to be real bloody. You know, by the time it's all that sodium has drawn that blood out of there. But what it's doing is it's drawing the game taste out of that animal. That's right. Yeah. And so you take you you take dump them out of the bucket, strain them, wash all that off. Dry them with a towel, go to cooking them how you want to cook them. Yep. You know, I personally, duck for me is not my favorite meat. You know, uh, I want to be intentional about eating it uh, because I do enjoy hunting them. Uh, but the only way, 
outside of a couple of really good times that people like Zeke know what they're doing with cooking it, I'm not a cook. Uh, so I am always going to soak my duck breast, yep. you know, hands down. I think that's good with any game meat, to be honest with you. Um, salt is one of those things that salt is the only thing, uh, for the most part, uh, that actually draws flavor um, to the surface of whatever you're going to be cooking. Everything else adds flavor. So what that means is even pepper, you know, people salt and pepper things. When you add pepper, that actually adds to the flavor, but salt just draws the uh the flavor out of whatever you're cooking so it's interesting if you will do what colt's talking about throw it in a salt bath let it sit overnight it's going to taste better man you are a cooking connoisseur i just uh watched a lot of master class <laughs> uh the other thing that i was kind of thinking back we didn't talk about is we talked about plugs so i'm going to go in the over unders you don't have to have a plug in over under but in your semi-autos and your pumps you've got to have a plug in in texas mm-hmm. i think I don't know what the rules are. It's a lot of states. It's I think states. it's probably federally for duck. I don't know I that, think, though. Yeah. I bet it is. But you can't have more than three shells in your gun, which is two in the the magazine. Is that what you call it? Mm. Chamber. Know. Chamber, whatever. Mm. Chambers. Well, I don't know. No. Three in your gun. Two in the bottom, one in the top. There it is. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say way oh. <laughs> way oh. So uh, three shells in your gun. A lot of times when you buy a gun, it comes with a plug. Some don't. So you can literally go out there and think you got a plug in your gun, and then the game warden checks you, and he loads four shells into your yeah. And he they actually have those, check it. They have those tools. That yeah, they they push in there, and uh, yeah, they use a water hose. Water hose. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's important to talk about the plug for a second and what what the point is. It's to make. I mean, this is hunting is a sport, right. and you got to make it fair. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be unfair to just be able to unload as many shells as you wanted to on something that's flying. And so that's the whole point. Of yeah. plugs. That, that goes back to conservation. You know, when you have your your white bird seasons, you get to go hunt your during conservation season. You know, you get to hunt your snows and you take your plug out of your gun. A lot of people put uh, extenders. tube extenders on. They can hold 15 shells. Yeah. Shoot away, but that's because we can't get ahead of the curve in snows. That's why you get 20 a day on those. Yeah. You know, uh, during conservation season, it's unlimited. You shoot until your shoulder falls off. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What's I mean, one of the things I'll, I'll say this: I've been hunting. Um, I, I, whatever I hunt, I grow to appreciate more and more from a yeah. conservation standpoint. And I think it's important to note there are so many folks who who. You know, they, they don't, that's not here in Texas so much, but, uh, I'm, you know, traveling to Germany one time, uh, somebody said, oh, you're from Texas. Do you have any guns? I was like, oh, <laughs> do I have any guns? Should I answer that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, be more specific. What, yeah. what caliber what kind? and what, yeah. I started naming them Alabama, Alaska, Alaska, <laughs> California. Uh, anyway, so I, so I basically uh, just said, yeah, because, you know, we, we hunt and da-da-da-da-da, and they couldn't. You know, they couldn't understand why I hunted, you know, and yeah. and that they thought it was mean. And so for me, I was like, no, the more I hunt, the more I fall in love with the animal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, right. I, I have this this crazy appreciation. You know, the other day I was able I had the opportunity to go with Colt on one of his guided hunts for a black buck. And I was obsessed with the beauty of that animal. I mean, just absolutely obsessed with it. And uh, I, I grow, it, same thing with ducks. The more I, uh, I hunt ducks, the more I look at them and the way they fly, 
And uh, when I'm able to get close to them, I appreciate their beauty, and it blows my mind. I want them to be around forever, not necessarily so I can keep hunting them. I enjoy the hunt side of it a ton. Yeah. But I also appreciate the fact that the Lord decided to create those things yeah. and how creative they are yeah. um, in their beauty. And it's the same, the same thing with any animal, yep. big or small. Yeah, and a lot of guys who waterfowl hunt get into photography because they like just going out and right. it's like they're hunting, but they're just taking pictures of birds on the water. Yeah, there's a lot of people who trade in their guns for cameras after a certain point. Uh, they they stop shooting their guns and they start shooting with a camera because yeah. they just they oh, go. Oh Lord, don't give me that heart. <laughs> they, don't do that. Well, they appreciate it, you know. That they, they, or they've they've done their whole hunting thing and they they still love the hunt itself. Uh, but they they turn to that camera because they're just obsessed with the beauty. That's how that's how it happens. Though you grow to appreciate um, whatever you're hunting a lot more, and you pull. You're actually a big advocate for conservation. Um, the more you hunt, I believe. Yeah, and the, another thing too is the guys that are hunting around you are going to know. You may think, I know. Yeah, I read this in the book, but you may have it wrong. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, got the guys around you hopefully know what the rules are or what's going on. And it all goes back to that conservation. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just shooting ducks. So. Yeah. And there's, I mean, in that attitude to a, a heart of gratefulness while you're doing it too. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been on hunts with Colt when I've heard him, I mean, it happened the other day when I've heard him think, I mean, it, it's weird cause it's an animal and it's past, uh, but he's got a heart of gratitude. He, he looks at the animal and he just says, thank you to the yeah. animal. Um, yeah, you know, just, Hey, thanks for, you know, thanks for providing. Thanks for the experience. Thanks for the uh, uh, us being able to appreciate uh, something gives us a a, uh, a certain feeling of um, I don't know. You keep pulling for the animal. You keep pulling for the conservation. You keep pulling for it, and that heart of gratitude is important. Yeah, the more you know about. I, I watched an elk hunting video the other day, and it was a dad and uh, his daughter, and she was 15, and she she shot this mondo bull. I don't know where they were, but they were both crying. I mean, they walked mm -hmm. up to the bull, and he's, like, petting the bull. Thank you so much, old yeah. man. Thank you for what the life you lived and yeah. letting us do this. And so I think you're right. Like, the yeah. more that you hunt those animals, the more you get to know about them, the more you know their patterns and how long they live. And, God, that guy has to be this old because he's this big. And so it's just uh, – and there's so many lessons you can teach your yeah. kids in that, and uh, it's awesome. And there's, I mean, they're all any animal we hunt is stunning when it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're pretty. They're even even the ugly ducks that you know every yeah. once in a while. Ugly ducklings. You, yeah, you still look at them and you're just like, man, this this is cool. Yeah, you know. And it goes. Um, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but the Lord created all that, and He, he gave put, it to he us. Put to every hunt. feather on them. I mean, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So when we were golfing earlier, you got up to one of those tees and you said, what'd you say? All right, Jesus. What'd you say? How'd you say it? <laughs> that was it. He, right. he needed a little ball help. Yeah. So, okay, Jesus. Okay, Jesus. Here we go. Yeah. So, but I think that's so true. Like uh, just appreciating what the Lord created for us and when yep. we get out there um, and not losing that. And then earlier, last thing I want to talk about for this is that, uh, you know, a lot of times you're out there with your son or your dad. And so creating those memories. And if you can get laid out on a hunt, like we we're talking about, that's awesome. But sometimes you can't. And it gets to the point where you, you can take pictures before you can take pictures after you can't take them during the hunt, whatever. I mean, if you can get wife, 
mom, whoever to go with you and just sit in the blind and take pictures, yeah. even with a little phone mm-hmm. or record something so you can have those memories. Cause I think that's one of the most important things is, is remembering those times and, and capturing that stuff in your mind. And, and you'll always remember it. Like you're saying, I remembered exactly where I smelled Colt's fingers. Well, <laughs> you'll, you'll remember, Gosh, almighty, yeah, pal. Yeah, oh, yeah. you'll remember, uh, man, I took my son hunting here and he shot this and whatever. And so, yeah, having, if you need a, if you need a Christmas gift idea, Having Lathe go out on a hunt uh, with with your husband and kiddos yeah. or uh, his his dad or mom or whatever a family hunt having that printed for Christmas would be a really cool idea. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a guided season. hunt. He's yeah he'll he'll come anytime to your ranch. He'll yeah. he'll do anything. With I love you. that idea. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, man, I think we could talk about this all day, and we got to do this again because there's so many things that I can think of we didn't I know, talk we're about. We're an hour and a half in. An hour and a half here, in. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, it's been fun. Let's talk about the giveaway. Um, like what details of the giveaway? So we're gonna give away uh, Colt. Not Colt. Zeke is sponsoring the giveaway, and we're doing it through Valor Game Calls and G93 Outdoors and capturing the hunt. So uh, it's a a one night stay and a morning duck hunt at Tierra Sagrada. So if you haven't heard us talk about Tierra Sagrada, Colt, what, what is that? Where Where is the ranch? Kind of give us an overview of what Tierra Sagrada is. Okay, so the ranch is located on Chalk Mountain outside of Glen Rose, yep. uh, Texas. Uh, it's 1,600 acres. There's, I, I would say there's probably a little over 400 acres of water or of, of waterway system through it. Uh, it's a huge chain of lakes that basically feed one another. It can be uh, controlled. It's, it can be man-controlled or... Uh, flood controlled, you know, um, it, it's incredible, incredible waterfowl hunting. Our lodge is hands down five star. Uh, the food, what Zeke doesn't know yet is he'll actually be cooking for this. Yeah, here <laughs> yeah. we go. I did that the other day for one of Colt's hunters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to, we're going to treat you good. Uh, you're going to come out, uh, you know, you're going to come hunt with me and Micah. And Zeke uh, is with that, capturing the hunt. Lathe is going to come out, and he's going to take pictures and capture that experience for you. Uh, You're you're getting the whole works. It's basically a a one-man come out, uh, sit around the campfire. Uh, We all here are musicians, uh, Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll have a guitar. Uh, We'll we'll have a good time. You know, it's a... It is an opportunity that a lot of people don't come by, and, and we're very blessed to have Zeke here to uh, to offer that. You know, uh, he's not doing that for any anything. Uh, there, there's zero selfishness to it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, because he's actually doing it to benefit our three businesses outside yeah. of his. You know, he, uh, like I said, he he's he's learning conservation. He's learning to appreciate the animal. Uh, and so this is just his part to get somebody out here to enjoy it. Uh, maybe get to share the word with somebody that hadn't heard it before. Uh, you know, just a fun, just a fun time had. You yeah. Know, so. And I can't, part, part of this too, to be honest with you is I've been in a season of life, uh, even recently where I just needed a getaway. Like even one night may have been all that I could do to get away. Yeah. Um, and so to just go out, to be able to fish, to be able to, uh, have a meal, a, a good meal cooked and just hang out uh with some boys be and, men yeah be so, men. turn off the world yeah. yeah and just get away for a little bit it's it's not very long but it's a getaway and it's refreshing and it's just a good time and so i've been hungry for that uh recently and i know there's a lot of guys out there who who are probably needing that right now too Absolutely. and so uh, i think it would be cool for somebody and uh, i'm excited to see it all go down yeah well 
thank you so much for, yeah, for donating it, and I'm excited about it. So to win the to win it, to be entered in the drawing, we're going to draw November 1st. Um, we're going to post uh, the drawing on our socials, Valor or uh, G93, on Facebook. So be checking Facebook. When you see the post, you got to go make sure you like Valor Calls G93 and Capturing the Hunt, and then also like and share the post. Uh, you don't have to comment. You literally like and share the post. We'll go from there, figure out who all, make sure they like all of our, our pages, follow our pages, and then have liked and shared the post. Uh, if you could heart the post, that'd be, I don't know how to say that, except give it a heart. Love it. Love it. Love the post. That's the easy way to say it. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> love the post. Love it. And uh, that's it, man. And then uh, share it, and then you'll be entered in the giveaway. So, to go a little more in detail real quick, I forgot to mention the itinerary of the trip would be you show up in the afternoon, you know, uh, 2 o'clock, let's say, or whatever. We're, we're going to go spend that evening uh, guiding you on these private lakes where these lakes home some of the largest freshwater fish you can find. I mean, huge catfish, uh, 10 to 12-pound bass have been caught out of these lakes, you yeah. know. So it's uh you're gonna get to go experience that. Then we'll go and do the campfire, and we'll do, and we'll then we'll do the supper. Uh, we'll go to sleep. We'll wake up. We'll do breakfast in the blind. You know we'll hunt waterfowl. Uh, I I can't I can't express enough how phenomenal this waterfowl hunting usually is. Now it is still hunting. Uh, I don't want to false advertise anything because I can't control the the mind of a bird. Uh, but. It is incredible, incredible, incredible. You know, uh, after that we'll do we'll do a lunch and then we'll send you on your way. You know, so yeah. it's just a fun time. Yeah, and uh, I'm I, getting giddy over here. I know, man. Yeah. What I love about it is that we're y'all are all going to be there. I mean, yeah. we're all going to be there. It'll yep. be a fun time. Also, it, it is for one guy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you have a buddy or a couple guys that want to go. Uh, your your trip's going to be that much cheaper because you're getting one guy paid for. But the other two, of course, they'll have to pay for the trip if you want to bring some guys with you. But, uh, yeah, we have a lot of spots out there at the lodge, and we can, we can accommodate whatever group you have. So uh, definitely get on socials. Like and share the love and share the post. That's boom, it. boom, boom. Uh, so, again, hey, thank you so much, man, for – for both of y'all being here, thank you for, for donating the giveaway. Uh, last podcast I wrapped up with just kind of a little time at the end, kind of a what's the Lord been doing. And so uh, I'm I'm on the spot in y'all on this. All right. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything? Uh, I know we got uh, the country's crazy. We didn't even get into politics. There's so much I could say about politics. Yeah. You're talking about, ah, dude, cramping my leg right now. No way. Middle of the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about, um, you know, guys need to get away and spending it you know, I mean, when duck season opens, it's going to be after the election, sure. you know, so we don't know what's going to happen there, but, um, man, what, what's the Lord been teaching you, walking you through this season? You said you needed a time, uh, to kind of get away. Yeah. Is there anything, anything you want to yeah, speak I'm in, into that? Yeah, I'm in a little bit of a season of transition right now, and so anytime you're in that season of transition, you, it, it is always, I feel, it is always wise and needed even to uh, to step back, to take a look at everything and to ask the Lord, okay, um, Father, I know that you have, uh, you've seen me through for so long and I know that you're going to see me through in whatever season is ahead. Um, but for now, let me just rest in your goodness mm. and let me rest in your, um, in, in who you are and, uh, and what, what you've done. 
And uh, so I'm I'm really right there, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. And it's it's a sweet season um, that you can take for granted if you don't watch it. Um, but again, we, we were talking about a heart of gratefulness earlier in regards to hunting. But I think uh, trying to live with a heart of gratefulness uh, in whatever season you're in or whatever you're doing, uh, I'm trying to operate in that right now. And so I'm I'm really appreciating, um, you know, how good the Lord has been to yep. me in the past and, and knowing that he will be good, uh, for all my days and recognizing that, um, this transition just means sit back. You know, there's, there's parts in scripture where, uh, there's a word, uh, Selah is the word, um, where just rest in his presence. Um, and I'm kind of in that season right now. And so that's, that's what the Lord's kind of been doing in my life. That's but, awesome, man. So with me, you know, it's uh it's been it's been a uh, roller coaster of a year. You know, uh, I don't want to I don't want to say the cliche twenty twenty year uh, <laughs> and what it's been to me, but you know, through all the the tough stuff, you know, I'm partners in the oil field company as well, and we have we've had a lot of a lot of issues this year. You know, financially, uh, we've struggled tremendously. Uh, we've done some big layoffs. You know. Uh, big pay cuts it's it's financially affected my family you know uh but all that aside you know it, it's like Zeke said it's it's a it still is a sweet season for me you you learn to trust the lord in ways that you never trusted him before yeah you know uh and and you learn to count your blessings you know i've got my fourth baby on the way you know uh little boy i've got another little hunting buddy coming in hot there it goes uh you know so and, and then with g93 kicking off this year man you know we've got the new Glen Rose ranch we've got the new pk ranch you know and we still have all of our old leases and it's just the lord's been uh providing for me tremendously in those ways bringing my partner on rusty rumbo i mean that guy just solid dude man just uh he's 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 done well uh financially for himself and he's also just done well with with uh learning quickly in the industry you know the hunting industry he's he's hungry to learn more he's very humble about it you know like zeke is i mean he's still just just fresh you know and uh, quick to admit that, but um, I've been very, very blessed to bring him in and, and, uh, and partner up with him in this. So to sum it all up, you know, the Lord, the Lord is good. And, and at the end of the day, as long as you can remember that, then, then you're going to be okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, man, I wanted to say I, uh, it's been awesome to see, uh, man, y'all just love Jesus. <laughs> Both of y'all dudes, uh, through whatever life's thrown at you, uh, Colt, is a worship pastor right now. Zeke has been a worship pastor for a long time. We've been on staff together. I mean, there's the Lord's been doing some crazy stuff in, in our lives and y'all's lives, and it's awesome to see. No matter what happens, uh, y'all just continue to run hard after Jesus, and uh, it's awesome to see y'all leading y'all's families for the Lord. And so I love y'all so much. I'm super proud of y'all, and uh, and man, I I'm, I'm just uh, honored to get to to know y'all and, and call y'all friends. So thank y'all so much for everything y'all do. And, uh, man, it's, uh, I'm excited to hunt, hunt with y'all. Yeah. Love you too. And thanks for having us. This has been special. It's, it's fun for us to get to sit down and just talk and talk through. I love watching, uh, where Valor's headed and I, I love watching your crew, your family was in here earlier and I love all your kiddos and your wife and, uh, my kids are crazy about your wife as well. She's here at the, at the church and, uh, your family's so sweet. So I love getting to watch everything that the Lord's doing in your business and in your crew. So thanks for having us. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Well, thank y'all so much. Again, thanks for checking out the podcast. Let us know on socials. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of questions that have come from this. A lot of first-time hunters that have questions, want to know some things. I'd love to have y'all back on the podcast again. We can talk more about this maybe, you know, episode number two or three of the beginner series. But, um, yeah, y'all check out that stuff on on socials. Let us know. Feedback is huge for us so we know what y'all want to hear, what y'all don't want to hear. So let us know, and uh, again, thank y'all so much for checking out the podcast. We'll talk to y'all soon.